0: is the European Tours Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton. Hello and welcome to the Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton. I am not Andrew Cotter. He's currently walking his dog somewhere out of phone signal. So I am the next best Scott, Jamie Kennedy. And I'm here at the Waldorf Astoria Trianon Palace in Versailles joined by the Fleetwood clan. We've got a nine-month-old Franklin here who's promised to keep quiet. We've got Tommy's wife, Claire, and of course, world number 10, Tommy Fleetwood. Thanks for joining us, Tommy.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's great to have you. Uh, we're actually sat in the hotel that will play host to the European team in September. Did you know that? I did. did you, have you reserved your room ahead of time? Are you not, already? Yet, not yet, no. no. No? But on a serious note, the, the Ryder Cup's coming up. At what point does it come onto your radar as a player thinking about playing in the Ryder Cup?
1: I think, for me personally, it is such a big goal for this year. So when you write down goals at the start of the year rider cup in paris was like a massive one it was up there with winning events and doing whatever else you do over the year so uh, you, you you've always got it on your radar you can think about it too much so you have to look at your own individual performances and and work hard and then at the end of the year then that will happen but definitely you've always especially nowadays you know where the standings are week after week and um it it's, doesn't go away all year really
0: yeah I mean you, you were born in 1991 so what are your early memories of the Ryder Cup um,
1: it was um, 97 was the first Ryder Cup I'd watched so that was Seve being captain I think Faldo hold like the eventual like the final yeah, put it yeah, was like yeah. a five footer uphill or something <laughs> four footer uphill in the pouring down rain but I watched all that Ryder Cup and I've watched it ever since so that was my first one And there's been quite a few in between.
0: Yeah, definitely. Have you ever been to a Ryder Cup before? No, not been. No, get to go this time. Hopefully.
1: And what about behind the scenes? I
0: mean, is is that something? I mean, I don't think fans ever get the chance to see what it's like to be in contention for a team. Is that something you're already in communication with Thomas and other players? And
1: yeah, Thomas has been since he got the captaincy. He's been really good and really like open with players, and he's been you know he's talked all the time, and you've never. You've never not known where you stand and, you've, and he's been very open with a lot of players and he's done a really good job so obviously it's heating up now and uh, the conversations kind of go from what you need to do or keep doing what you're doing and mm. we'd like to see you there to um, becoming a little bit you know, more intense or bit more focused talks at times
0: yeah i mean we introduced you there this at the start as a top 10 player in the world which must sound nice
1: it is very nice but
0: a lot of people don't really know what your background is and sort of where you grew up playing so
1: take us back to sort of early days and where young tommy started okay i am on a job interview (laughs)
0: Um.
1: yes i grew up in southport which is a pretty big golfing town anyway Mm. i've always played golf don't know how far back you want me to go now. Yeah, go like as far back as you want. Be, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. what time is it? I feel yeah. like it could be a very long story. But uh, I'm, Maybe I'm, what was it? What was the first introduction to golf then? What was just uh, with my dad and my brother really on the local Muni. That was how I, my dad cut a couple of clubs down. He played, my brother played. So I guess as a kid, you, you just want to copy. What, what, the other, what the others are doing. So that was my start into it, and I started playing tournaments quite pretty young. My first tournament I ever played, like first competition round, was um, it was the Weetabix Age Group Championships, and it was at Clitheroe when I was seven, and I shot 131. <laughs> I, remember it. I remember it specifically. Um, I didn't come last, but I shot 131, and that was my first event. Very
0: nice. Yeah. Well, we, we did a bit of research and found out that you were actually... Uh, a couple of stories from your young. You can tell me if they're true or false. It's a bit <laughs> of a. Is what this a true? Answer. Is this a true
1: or false? True or false round. Okay, true or false round, and I want to uh, expand. I just saw true or false. Exactly,
0: exactly. In 1998, you went to the British Open and ended up signing your own autograph book because you were too shy to ask players to sign. That it. was true. That was true. Yeah.
1: Where was that Open? 98. Uh, 98 was Birtdale oh. it was either, Yeah, it was Birtdale There was another one I went to, and it was because Lytham was a bit later. Lytham was 2000 or two, no, 2001. It would have been because Duval won that Probably saw my own one there, but I can't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, going back to there, like, w- at
0: what stage did you... Is that you, the did end ju- of True or False? Or well you can, we can, we're going to have plenty <laughs> more throughout the whole okay. show. Don't no, you worry. But at what stage playing golf growing up did you sort of think, right, this could be something...
1: I think towards the end of school where it was like GCSEs and I didn't put enough effort in really into GCSEs, but mm. I was playing golf a lot and... I was getting into England teams, and so at that age, and you're with all the best players in the country, and you're doing all right, you kind of figure that you you might be okay you're if you top. just keep that work ethic. And mm. that was where my dreams lie, and they still do. But it was also going to be my way of supporting my family and stuff. So golf was, you know, whatever age you want it. When I was coming up to finishing school, um, I could have done other things, but I did a couple of years full time, mm. full time golf, and saw so where we were at the end of that.
0: Yeah, and it was eight, I think you were 18 when you went off to. America for the Walker Cup team, 2009 mm. Walker Cup. Youngest guy on the team. What do you remember I was about... a junior, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a junior member of the Walker <laughs> yeah. Cup team. What do you remember about the initial period of being selected and what that meant to you at that time and then what the experience was like of travelling abroad to represent GBM?
1: Yeah, it meant a lot. Like, all year again, whenever the Walker Cup came around, I, I literally was only in the running for one Walker Cup to turn pro. I turned pro a year later and the other one I was way too young, so... Mm. I only had the experience of being up for it for one year but again everything about that year went into the Walker Cup and getting into that team um, we got absolutely stuffed basically. I wasn't going to bring that up I had that in my notes but no, I was it's alright like I mean that's my number one memory of it how badly we got beat <laughs> but we were completely you know a great set of players but completely mm. unprepared for an American golf course mm. and just yeah we got beat very bad
0: But having a big event like that at Merion what were your first oh, impressions amazing. of going to Merion um, and
1: amazing and again an experience that we never properly had i mean we play amateur events where uh, a lot of the times you might have a home crowd for an amateur event because for me we have events in southport quite a lot of hillside or formby or Burkdale where there's events so you have home crowd but generally there's never any ropes everybody walks on the fairway um, and then you turn up to this really big walker cup that's a you know a worldwide event Mm -hmm. and it was properly set out like a Worldwide event With ropes That we'd never seen before <laughs> Camera crews And um, The whole week Was televised So it was Completely A new Experience for us mm. uh, I, I enjoyed it I only played two games I'd have liked to have Played more But I I, I loved it
0: It was a pretty tough team You went up against like sort of Ricky Farrell there was, and few, Uline and there was a few
1: Good players Yeah Uline beat yeah. me In the singles On day one
0: yeah.
1: Made a two on the 17th To beat me uh,
0: yeah. St- Sticks with you Does it Yeah it does <laughs> And then moving on to your sort of early career, if I said to you the date of uh, sort of November 2012, where was Tommy Fleetwood in November of 2012? Uh, I'd have been in South Africa, wouldn't I? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people don't know the story of your, your trip to South Africa and your performance there, <laughs> yeah. but could that be potentially the biggest week of your career? Could it be the pivotal moment?
1: Uh, I think it probably wouldn't have been pivotal, but I wouldn't have enjoyed the stories of how he got on tour in his first year mm. and then lost his card and went back to Challenge Tour because a year before school. you'd won Challenge Tour uh, I cruised through Challenge Tour yeah. pretty much yeah it was like um, I went from being world number one amateur turning pro I actually missed the cut at second stage of Q School that year but again it wasn't, I wasn't really bothered played a year on Challenge Tour Yeah, flew through that and it all seemed pretty like, simple easy. as a 20 year old kid you're kind of like it's fine and uh, I just wasn't really good enough for the tour at the time I should have been but I wasn't and then I can't remember how much money I had up but I know a couple of things about that year where South Africa was the event where I kept my card and that's the one everybody talks about I finished 6th I think to keep my card yep. so that was um, I mean yeah, I you, see it, you, you see it you see every year don't so you'd, you
0: you'd played something like 30 events running up and you didn't have a top ten. <laughs> I'm not, This isn't true or false. At least <laughs> these stats aren't kind. Um. But you knew going into this final event of the year that you needed a performance to potentially keep your card and keep your livelihood to that point at where it was. I mean, that must have been some pressure to go through knowing you're teeing up with it.
1: Yeah, it's like it's not a nice week, and you, you do. I was going to say you see it every year where people have to, you know, they're in the last event and they need to do a certain thing to keep the card. Yeah. So I, I am grateful that I can appreciate what they go through and know how much pressure that is so I'm glad I've done it but at the time it, it's not a nice week you're so frustrated every single bad shot is worse than what it Multiply. would be if you, you know and um, I got to the last day and I actually there was two events on at the time so there was Hong Kong and South Africa that were played at the same time so you choose which one you go to mm. so I'd sat in the morning watching the TV and I've watched people in Hong Kong you know, do whatever they needed to do to keep their card and I've still got to go out yeah. and play and keep it so that Sunday was was weird because you're watching people keep the card and then you've got to go out and do it but I I played great Sunday will always be one of my best rounds I think I at 16 greens shot mm. three or four under um, you know made it very easy for myself in that respect just the yeah. way I hit it. so it's always I've always got that in the bank that I did that
0: yeah I mean that's 2012 look at you in 2018 now and I think a lot of people look at you the the way you walk the fairways with a smile on your face. Playing under the most immense pressure, you still have a way of just being chilled
1: out and having a good time. Is it like that on the inside? Well, it's not chilled out, but I do have... uh, I have masses of enjoyment doing it. (laughs) It's never a chore. And again, I have... For for me, I have... uh, So I've nearly losing my card there, or I have two years ago where I couldn't keep it on the golf course. Mm -hmm. So as pressurised as it is, it's examples of standing on the last stall in the US Open thinking you have a chance of winning a US Open they're just they're just amazing moments that they're you know it is immense pressure and it's sometimes it's life-changing events that you might be playing in or sometimes you're playing to win a, a big event but I can't help but enjoy it yeah. really. And
0: still. then you just mentioned there Shinnecock and, and that final round I mean that, that was only a few weeks ago now and at what point in that, round do you
1: realise that potentially a major's on the line, potentially a history's on the yeah, line? I to be honest, I, I did say the night before and I said in the morning that I was going to break Johnny Miller's record. That sounds like one of those sort of Disney stories. It, it does sound like a very silly <laughs> thing and those things never, ever come off. Yeah. You're just actually like, giving it a bit of positive mental attitude. But those <laughs> things never come off. But actually, after three holes, I'd played two birdies um, and ate a really good iron shot into four. There was just something about it that thought, hmm, it, it actually could potentially be, could be on be today. On, yeah. And uh, again, I got a good back nine going. And the one thing about the whole day was the 18th, you stood over a putt. I mean, I eventually miss it, but you stood over a putt that's about eight feet, nine feet. You've got it to, well, You, if you're old, you've made history by shooting a 62 at the US Open, but you also stood over it thinking... I might have this to win the US Open yeah. as well. Um,
0: at what point during the round were you it. thinking the the sort of sixty two, sixty three number? At what point were you after three holes? After three, well, yeah. And obviously, you say that at the end that you had that putt didn't quite go in. Yeah, missed it on the, just on the low yeah. side there. But that's, I mean, you join a list of two players that have shot a final round sixty three at uh, the US yeah, Open. Well, yeah. Forty
1: five. One, one of them won. One yeah. Of them didn't. yeah, one of them will never be
0: remembered. But did you know it was forty five years to the day after? Johnny I'd, Miller, seen, I'd seen
1: a tweet yeah. um, about it in the morning, but I didn't t- I didn't pay much attention to it. I just know that he's... You know, Johnny Miller is the one that's got the... the he one. was the first one to shoot it, so it's kind of his record, and everybody's just equaled it.
0: Not all European players walking the fairways get cheers like you do walking down the fairways. <laughs> yeah. You well. seem... I mean, firstly, what's that like, walking down the fairway in a major and having support like that? I mean, the, the galleries around the 18th day uh, when you were walking down... It,
1: it was... I mean, it is the like this year's the first year I've played uh, with like a full category in America so I've been over there a bit more and I've always had like very good support and the US Open was just ridiculous really mm. um, especially especially that last day when we just the back nine when it, it it kind of got going and uh, things were heating up a little bit and I was getting on a run and I think walking down 18 there was like a there was walking to the 18th green and I got like a you know, a massive stand ovation, you know, by this massive grandstand and the American fans, were, they, were, they were amazing with me. And then walking off, walking all the way up, you walk up the big hill to the clubhouse, everybody was clapping and then everybody stood up in or stood outside the clubhouse to clap me in. I just remember coming off and Claire was like really emotional that I'd had that much support. Yeah. And uh, it is really nice. And like you say, it, it doesn't always go that way. So to have it by just, like I, I've, I'm not going to say don't make effort because that would like sound really bad, <laughs> mm. but it, it's not like I, I try and do anything that's not me. So I think just when you can be yourself and you get that much support, it's very like humbling and very kind of people, really. To
0: yeah. Do that. Oh, I, bet it's, I bet it is. I mean, I, the the demeanour with which you walk down the fairway with Finno there alongside you, I mean, I think that's what they're, they're honing in on is you, you smile, you're smiling away, you look like you enjoy golf. Almost more than yeah.
1: anyone well, I else. I wanted to walk up the last with him because I thought it was an amazing moment, and he was walking too quick. <laughs> I couldn't keep up with like, his long strides. Big stride, so, yeah. like, I, just, I just packed in for a bit and just walked like a few steps behind him. For <laughs> tough guy to keep up with. Yeah, he's a very tough guy to keep up with if he's on the march. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
0: Take us behind the scenes of what happens after a like that, because it immediately cuts back to Brooks Koepka and he's in contention, but you've got, what, two hours to, to <laughs> yeah. mull it over. I mean, are you... Are you going to have a drink? Are you eating something? you hitting the uh, range? Are you thinking about it? Are you trying not to think about it? Well, yeah, it, it was...
1: It... I mean, I come off, and something about me just said it's going to be one shot that... I don't know why, it just felt it felt that way. Mm. But then watching it, you just kind of don't know.
0: Um, it must be a strange feeling knowing that there's, there's a major on the line of that as well. Well, yeah, it, must be a it, different doesn't, it just
1: doesn't... It, it doesn't register that it's a major on the line because you're still actually in you're kind of in work mode still mm. um, because potentially it could be in a playoff so you, you're just watching to see what the outcome is plus it was Father's Day so I was, I was way more Your first Father's uh, Day? It was my first day of <laughs> Father's Day as a father so I was kind of I was watching the golf but I was more interested in Frankie really trying to get some attention from Frankie because <laughs> it was my first Father's Day yeah. and uh, the two hours passed by very, very quick mm. and um, you know, it gave me the odd hope but I think I just, there was just something there that I just thought, I'm going to be one shot.
0: Yeah, ultimately you were. But, I mean, it, take us back to the year before. I mean, that is... Mm-hmm. 2017 is just the year of your life, not even the career year of your <laughs> yeah. life. I mean, I can't list all the things that go on, but you you win twice, you win the race to Dubai, you win the players, player of the year, get married, and you have your first kid, Franklin. Franklin's in the room with
1: us here. He's, He's over there. He was playing with flip a flip-flop He seems very happy, uh, he seems like he a good is, kid. He is a very, uh, he's a very happy boy, actually, we're lucky, but he, he's generally a very chilled character so far.
0: Takes after his dad, does he, or is that...? Yes, <laughs> I would say
1: he takes after his dad. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: dangerous look across there. <laughs> I'm interested to know, I mean, does the off-the-course stuff, is it, it can be a coincidence that everything is going right off the course and everything starts to click on the course, is that fair to um, say?
1: There's definitely a correlation with it it doesn't matter how hard you practice or how good things are if ultimately if you're not if you're not happy then it doesn't really matter and mm. without like getting too cheesy like everything that's <laughs> happened, everything that's happened say career-wise or in my job it wouldn't mean not even half as much mm. if you didn't come off and you had uh, the people that you have to enjoy your wife or your baby or you know you Stepkids or your family or Finn or your best mate on the bag—it doesn't—it yeah. doesn't mean not even close if you don't get to spend it with them people. Hmm. So the off-the-course stuff, yeah, that's by far the most important. Yeah, I
0: remember seeing you after you'd won here in France last year, and people were asking all these questions, and you're in the press conference, and you just—the only—the overriding memory I had was you just looked happy. You didn't <laughs> look tired. You didn't look pressured. Yeah, you didn't—you just... didn't look like you were confused as to what to say. You just looked happy, and yeah. it just came across. I don't think that's what you were saying afterwards, that it was in a good place, but the Race to Dubai title is, is a huge deal. I mean, for, for you to be a European number one for an entire yeah, year, sure so. you, had to, you had to spend most of the season with that lead. How much was that a goal of yours throughout the season, and how much did you try not to think of I mean, I think all of us and every media member was asking about it every, <laughs> after every round. Um,
1: yeah, well, there were two sides of it, because at the start of the year, Race to Dubai was never... When you set out goals, Race to Dubai didn't even come. I'd actually never at any point in my life been in the top 10 in the Race to Dubai. Mm. The best I'd ever got to was 11th, like mid-year, one year. So I'd never even got in the top 10 before. So it wasn't a goal. We wanted to win an event, but that was it. So then after, I think after after winning here, we'd gone to number one and it was by quite a bit and I was playing well. I think then we just thought, gonna, you know, now it probably is starting to kick off and <laughs> think about winning it. So then it became a thing, and then I had seven, six out of seven weeks off, say so seven mm. weeks off in the middle of the year when I was having a bit of time off, and then Frankie was born. Came back, and I, say me last mm. seven events or eight events every round. Like you say, it was talked about winning yeah, the yeah. race to Dubai, but, it, it, I mean, how, how good's that? It's <laughs> like you're playing the last few events, and you're in the running for the race to Dubai, and then it got to Dubai, and obviously Rosie was having this amazing, amazing run. But... Um, like and he could he could have caught me up, he should have done it in, in the <laughs> end. But playing that, that final event in Dubai and all the hype around it mm. between me and Justin Rose, I mean again, Justin Rose is one of the all time greats of European golf, mm. and I'm going head to head with him trying to win a race to Dubai, which is on people's bucket list of career achievements. Yeah, so it's just brilliant, and it you know doesn't matter how it happens. Nobody actually remembers that whether Justin struggled on the bat now I had yeah. a bad Sunday it just kind of unravelled it's a year long thing and um, yeah to win a race to Dubai I think definitely for the satisfaction that you have having that in your career is massive
0: yeah and battling down Justin Frankie's ringing the bell over here I think he's telling me I'm, I'm meant to be meant to be dead it's great Frankie no
1: no it's good it's good to have him <laughs> he is, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he likes chains and stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have a great time but uh, Justin Rose is obviously a pal of yours as well so after, yeah. did he reach out to you at all? Is that some sort of conversation that goes on behind the ropes that people don't see that he... We saw him congratulate you yeah, immediately um,
1: afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it was very classy the way he mm. finished because it, it, it was kind of a difficult moment that way yeah. because like, I'd sat there and watched and it was in... all I mean, I'd have felt robbed if I hadn't have won it after <laughs> leading it for so long, but then it, it was kind of in his hands for a yeah. while. And he was, he was great when he came off. I didn't know how to, how to <laughs> like I just didn't <laughs> um, but he was great and uh, yeah we do we do spend quite a bit of time and we talk to each other a lot he uh, he spoke to me after the US Open this year and mm. said he had the exact same put and did the exact same thing yeah. and that you know that made me feel a lot better so I'm lucky that I have people around that I get to hang out with like that
0: and definitely and I'm, I'm curious what do you get to win for winning the race to Dubai it's this title that you get but other than a, a briefcase of cash, what do you get to, to, to actually take home with you? What do we get? I don't
1: think we. Do, I don't think we get anything, no. Nothing. Just, <laughs> just a big cheque and, a, and uh, a handshake from
0: Keith Bailey. That's all we Well, I actually so. have a surprise for you here because we did actually get something. We ah, there you go. A race to Dubai. Oh, I actually get. Ah, oh, okay. Trophy, which we was not presented to you at the time. Ah, uh, yeah. So I'll oh, show this you. This is an
1: exclusive. So here is your
0: two thousand and seventeen race to
1: Now there you go. That's Presented. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know. You,
0: know <laughs> thank you. you. You know
1: Keith. Pa- you know Keith Pally, but you will
0: do. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. The understudy. So there you, there go. you go. That's okay, that's, that's what you went for it. Ah. Oh. And and one one of the guys that we see walking the fairways with you is a, is a rather large man um, <laughs> named Ian yeah. uh, Finno, who we all know a lot of now. Some people nicknamed him the Quadfather. He's more famous uh, yeah. than me. He is, he is indeed, but... The Quadfather. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, that, I mean, you said it's your best friend, and it seems to be a real trend on tour at the moment, the, the best friend caddy. You know, Rory's got his best friend out, Jason Day, Tyrrell Hatton I for a little bit. You were the first, but... What goes into the decision to, to have your best mate out there and, and how does it change the dynamic of playing? Um,
1: well, when, when we did it, we, I mean, we've known each other so, for so long and he carried a little bit when I was an amateur and he did a couple of challenge tour events. But we, this time we always said, if, if it comes up again, like if, if the opportunity comes up, let's, let's give it a go. And when, when he did start, I was really struggling with my game and I, I went into the shop at Formby Hall where he worked and I played and um, he's a
0: good player by himself
1: yeah he's not quite anymore no he's he doesn't have the t- he doesn't have the time to put into <laughs> it um so he struggles now but he yeah you know, he can he, he is decent yeah and mm. um we were just chatting and I, and I said um how would you feel about coming to academy for me for a few weeks like and we talked and he, we ended up giving it like a four-week trial and um Again, it was kind of a bit of it was a risk for him because mm. at the time I was shocking <laughs> and I wasn't even looking like making a cut or I was. And this is
0: 16,
1: 16. 16 And we played so his first his first one was the BMW in Germany, and I was still really struggling, so I missed the cut there. And then the next second event was here, missed the cut. Third event was Scottish, made the cut on the mark, finished nowhere. Mm. And then the fourth event was the Open at Troon shot hundreds so yeah. like, after four weeks uh, I was really struggling but yeah. we were putting in a lot of hard work and I just I had this uh, there was a lot of pressure off me because I had my mate out there with me and he was he was definitely in it with me he wanted me to get better mm. just because he wanted me to get better it wasn't um you know there wasn't motivation there in a job sense or uh, anything like that so we was putting a lot of hours in and after it we just decided we'll Stick to it, Give it and we—I think—say we had another couple of weeks off, and then the next event was Paul Laro match play, and we lost in the first round. <laughs> but that was the first time where we come—we come off, and we were like, you know, what, I actually played okay there. Yeah. And um, just started getting form back from there. But and we've had many better times. Mm. We've had many. <laughs> yeah, that didn't sound good. <laughs> we've had uh, many better times uh, from then, and again. Being mates, we experienced all the tough stuff mm. together, so it makes the good stuff yeah. uh, more welcoming.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, going back, we all know you now as raced by a Race to champion and <laughs> this top ten player in the world, shooting sixty threes in majors. Yeah, but you spoke about yeah, the uh, the sort of the low points of your career in two thousand sixteen, fifteen. Take us back there to the moment. I mean, try and describe to us what a struggle is like for a, a Tommy Fleetwood. It can still come back anytime.
1: <laughs> I don't, I don't want to like <laughs> go through it. Um, it just—I uh, remember. The, I remember the point where I started losing my game, and ju- I, I'd made. You, you see it day in, day out because you spend all the time with 156 other players, mm. and it's so easy to go the wrong way at this game. You don't need—you don't need much of a push in the wrong direction before you're like a long way. In the wrong direction and um, it's, it's difficult, I th- the most difficult thing for me about it was I'd play with players that could do stuff that I couldn't, that mm. should be so easy, that should be so simple and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it, I didn't have it in me, like just sitting in a three-wood down a fairway or hitting a driver off a tee to this massive open space and I just couldn't... Uh, not being able to do it is very frustrating yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was like the hardest part because you you know you're with good players that are just doing it and it seems so easy and you seem so far away from it so that's the toughest mm.
0: but we see lots of players go through those struggles and just never come back I mean you've bounced back to, to win the race of the and be top 10 so what is, it's a bounce back it's a pretty solid bounce back yeah, <laughs> solid it's bounce back <laughs> so what is, how did that journey happen what would, was there a decision made was there a moment
1: yeah did, I um I was in China and um, again, I was having a practice round. It was just a regular practice round at the time where I couldn't keep it on the golf course and I I was just a bit fed up really. So I I texted my dad and uh, I said, You know what, Dad? I said, This is like, this is shocking. This, I've got no no idea where it's going. (laughs) I've I've got no hope. Um, Mm. I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. And um, so he texts back saying, You should go. you should go back to Tomo, because he's the only person that knows you swing better than I do. Mm. And Tomo had been my coach when I was, I think, I want to say 12 hours when I first went to him. He might have been younger. And I've had, like, three different stints with him at the time. So then, I mean, literally, text me, Daddy, text me back. Um, you know, on the next hole, I'd text Tomo to say, would you mind if I send a couple of videos? And, I mean, bear in mind... We'd split up twice. Yeah, I was going to say, it was an awkward... You're kind of half expecting him to come back going, no, you're all right, I'm I'm not interested. But he's not that type of person, so I asked him if he'd look at a couple of videos of my swing if I sent them to him, so he said, yeah, of course I would. So straight on the range after we play, took some videos, and he, you know, gave me some feedback. And uh, I tried to practice on that, and then when I I got back, um, I was working with Pete Cowan, so I had to ring Pete up and say, you know, Pete, thanks for your time. Mm. And he's an amazing coach and I wish it would have worked out better. Mm. Uh, but, I, you know, I need to try something different. And that's always difficult when you have to, like, <laughs> tell someone you don't want to work with them anymore. So then I went to see Tomo, went to his range, and I've told the story a few times, but I had two hours with him on the range and after two hours, like, I was in it decent. Oh, all right, like, this isn't bad. And there's, a, there's like, a T where that, door is 20 yards away a bit further so he said just before we go let's just hit a couple of shots on the course off the tee so I stood on the tee with a four iron five shots were off the planet right into <laughs> this lake because I was I had a yip in my swing so as soon as I stood on the golf course I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it <laughs> and I had this yip and um, Tom has told me since like he didn't tell me at the time and he, he thought then or he, he thought later, I think Wentworth he thought it when I was still struggling and we'd worked for a month he thought Think what might. have I got into here? Well, I, I, he said, <laughs> I, th- I think he might be done. Right. No, I, think, I think he's too far gone. Um, so, so I'm glad he didn't tell me at the time. <laughs> but, uh, and then Finno came on the bag. And that you know, uh, golf-wise, golf I'd, I'd started working with my old psychologist again.
0: Mm.
1: So I'd, I'd filled space with people that I'd worked with before that were familiar faces and that I trusted. Me and Claire moved into a new house. Uh, which was kind of a big decision at the time because mm. I was struggling. So that was like a life decision that was going on that helped. So good things, good, you know, people that I was familiar with um, moving into a new house and being a bit more settled. And then things just kind of started. And again, it was like a long process that we set out for and we didn't think it would happen. We didn't think it happened that quick at all, but it just shows, you know bit of work you you know, hard work and, and battling through that first session yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and then you know you said two years later you're you're getting married and having a kid how's how's life as yeah. a father treating you uh
1: great yeah <laughs> he's great he's growing up a lot actually he stood himself up in his cot for the first time and I was the only one that got to see it and <laughs> um, so that was that was cool I don't normally get to see all the good stuff when I'm yeah. when I'm away but he's he's growing up a lot and it's just a different kind of responsibility for yeah. you, but uh, I do love it. It's great.
0: Yeah, and what I mean, did you take lessons from? You said your dad taught you the game when you were growing up. So is that I take lessons from him on, on how to raise Franklin and uh,
1: Maybe. Teach him to I, his golf I think game and... I think um, when he gets a little bit older, I just think golf as a great way of um, if you play when you play golf, you're out there for if you play nine hours, you're out there for two hours mm. and all. We did it so often where it's just me and my dad, so you have all this time to talk. And I just think it's a great game for that. You've got two hours out in open space and you can just talk about whatever you want to talk. So I think it's very good for families or friends or father and son to, to do, so hopefully we might have that. You Man. might not like golf, so I'll have to do something else. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, you jetted off. You got a pretty nice invitation to play at the end of yeah. 2017 um, over to Tiger's event in the Bahamas. Tell yeah,
1: me. well, it was just... Uh, we, I think it was it was Rosie, again, that had mentioned it to me in in Ireland because my world ranking, I'd I just, I just won here. And I think my world ranking was the highest it had ever been at 14. And it said, uh, we, you know, will you play Tigers event if you... Because it's a world ranking-based event. I was like, sure. that's never, <laughs> ever came into my head. But yeah, OK. Yeah. And uh, so we did... Uh, uh, we finished the year at i don't know we were in the top 20 in the world when we finished the year so it got us in the event and we said from that moment though in ireland that if if we get in we'll get married there we were engaged so it was like a a really good time to do it so claire took care of all the organizing getting people over and stuff Mm. and yeah from playing in from playing in the event to getting married it was just really really cool we got married on like the pier Um, met tiger properly for the first time yeah
0: and then a few months later you're playing with Tiger at Augusta at the Masters yeah I mean what's it like to show up uh, on the first team next to Tiger Woods
1: funnily enough uh, I'm going to have to tell the story (laughs) Um, I think it was Tuesday morning I'd walked to the putting green um, outside the clubhouse at Augusta and for some reason you just couldn't move it was like the busiest area of stretch of land you've ever seen with people like hustling and bustling around and basically they'd waited for Tiger to finish on the 18th so they could clap him in and uh, I did some putting, come back in for like a lunch or late breakfast and, I, and we sat down, I sat down with Claire and I went, you would not believe the amount of people that have just been out waiting for Tiger Woods to finish and she went, cannot imagine how hard that must be playing with him this week, who would want to get that job playing with Tiger Woods this week and I went to the toilet, come back, I mean two and a half minutes and she's got a face like, she's gone, you're not going to believe who you're playing with (laughs) and um, I was like have that and uh, I thought I I thought it was the best (laughs) you could possibly have I mean it was like a small cameo appearance to Tiger (laughs) Woods Um, it was Tiger Woods' return to the Masters after Mm -hmm. three years and um, I was like up front and centre to be part of it and I yeah I loved it absolutely loved the atmosphere that was on that first team because it was waiting for him to you know start his masters again it was really it was it was amazing actually yeah we
0: get to watch him on tv we don't get to walk the fairways with him what was he like as a guy to walk fairways is he a chatty and guy yeah he's, he
1: he's probably as easy a person as you could play with in in your life because um like I mean sometimes you play with people that if, I mean, i, I do it, because I, I kind of sometimes watch people, sometimes, I mean, generally I'm not interested in what people mm-hmm. are doing, but every now and again I'll have a look. Um, but some people watch you all the time, like when you're playing. <laughs> and uh, Tiger Woods did not care what I was doing. <laughs> he, was, he was doing his own thing, and um, he, he, played, he played at a really good pace. He was concentrating on his own game. If you spoke, he would speak back to you. Okay and you know now and again he would start up a little conversation he was he was so easy to play with it was it was great really so we had like the odds, we had the odd chat and um he, yeah like i say, if i'd have never met him before and played with him i thought he was brilliant i'd love to play with him.
0: good guy yeah and uh golf is is your life now but if you if you weren't a golfer right now what, what would tommy fleet would be doing
1: um i always say that i would do something involved in drama an actor uh, well, uh, it would just be something to do with it. I mean, I w- I'm not sure acting would be where my strengths lie, <laughs> but um, I studied drama at school and I, I enjoyed it. And I, d- I did actually do quite well in it, so I would have given that maybe something to do with something. Or I would probably, I don't know, I would quite happily be a dog walker.
0: Full time dog walker? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Just walking the ferries with do, the dog I instead do that of job. golf clubs.
1: Stay-at-home a stay at home dad? I would be a stay at home dad. Yeah. A house husband?
0: Yeah, and then uh, and away from golf, you've, you're getting some pretty cool experiences these days. Being top ten in the world, we've seen you playing golf with the likes of Pep Guardiola or whoever it is. And what's the, what's been the biggest sort of pinch me moment that you've had as, as you've sort of um, the last twelve months?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say having dinner with Pep Guardiola and his family at his house the night he won the league for the first time. I would say that takes some beating. That's uh, pretty high up there. Yeah. That's pretty high yeah. up. Whilst it, you know, sitting there watching match of the day at the end of the night, first time I and only time I'll ever be on match of the day because I was playing <laughs> golf with him and watching it. Just being there with his whole family, like just experiencing that was. I mean, yeah. I, we, me and Claire did look at each other at one point and we were like, "Well, like, we kind of shouldn't. Why are we here?" <laughs> but um, that was probably as surreal as it got.
0: And how did the Pep Guardiola friendship start?
1: Well, he's, he's mad into golf mm. and um, Claire knows people at Man City and they just happened to get in contact and said, you know, if the two, if they want to play golf or meet up I'm sure they'd, they'd have a good time so, you know, we ended up exchanging numbers and, and talking and we just, uh, it just ended up playing and it was kind of a big day to be playing and that became <laughs> a bigger thing but we've, uh, we've stayed in touch since actually so um, it's worked out pretty well, yeah
0: Is so he a good golfer?
1: He's alright, he played the program at Wentworth and he didn't play very well and he got right. very frustrated But he's, you know, he's decent, he's one of them that's kind of naturally pretty good without much practice
0: and is it, You've not you tried to sway him over to, to Everton quite yet? Well,
1: I, I did mention it <laughs> and he kind of just laughed in my face <laughs>
0: There you go there so, you.
1: But that's fair enough yeah. So we've got quite a long way into the
0: podcast without talking about your hair so far Is that the most common question that you get asked?
1: probably yeah yeah I reckon yeah
0: at what stage did you decide I'm gonna grow this I'm gonna embrace it and this is this is well I
1: just I just grew it I just happened to grow my hair and it became more and more of a thing really and now it's got to the point where a hair is one of my apparently main features and it's just sticking but uh do you know, I, do, I do quite like having long hair
0: is it going to be like Samsung if you ever cut it off you might lose your um, strength of golf
1: I mean who <laughs> knows I don't want to I don't want to tempt fate right now so I think I think whilst it's long and not got any greys and uh, I'm quite recognised for it I'll keep it for yeah. now
0: You've taken quite a few risks, fashion risks over the years.
1: Some fashion faux pas. Some
0: fashion... I won't call them faux pas. You can call them faux pas. Headbands and the...
1: I might bring the headband back. Yeah. I think that was a great one. It just gave me... Maybe at the Ryder Cup we could get you a... Ryder Cup headbands. I'd be all over Stars, yeah. I really
0: would. And uh, I've I've heard that
1: you are into your classical novels and will try and and read... No, I've tried. (laughs) and They take too long and too much break. (laughs) But I, I do try... I think it's one of them that you set out and you know it's like a few months' journey to finish one of them classical novels, really. But I do, I do like I do like trying. I like reading because it's reading's like quite for quite a long time been a switch off for me. Mm but classical novels aren't switching off they take intense focus yeah yeah, and a lot of reading but they do take time. A, lot a lot of, of did an intense focus yeah so. a lot of time trickier
0: okay um, I've, I've heard a story that you've got a, a persimmon set of golf clubs yes a, at home what was the story behind getting a persimmon set
1: well I as much as I have tested the boundaries in the fashion sense <laughs> um, I do like the history of the game and I just I basically wanted a couple of like old persimmon woods for that was I asked for persimmon woods for Christmas um, last year. I already had a couple, and Claire basically got me a full set, and uh, I love it. Uh, I've got like a full set of hickories, and I kind of, I kind of like the thought of turning up in shorts and a headband, but playing with hickory, hickory clubs. clubs. Um, old meets new. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I do like, you know, the feeling of history, like woods that are seventy years old that somebody's used. And, mm.
0: um, Have you played a full round with them yet?
1: I, j- I I had a spell taking them out um, when whenever I got home I didn't touch my clubs and just went out with the hickories and played. But I'm nowhere near an elitist with <laughs> them yet, so I need a bit more practice.
0: Yeah, quite right, quite right. Well we've got uh, like a quick nine segment of questions to go through. What does that involve? It involves nine questions. Nine questions that I'll pose to you and you give Are us like, one word answers? It or? can be word word answers that you can expand okay. on them if you want to. Um, Are we on a shot clock or not? no shot clock masters this week I'm afraid so um, how many so question one how many career hole in ones has Tommy Fleetwood had Uh, the fact that you're struggling to keep count no it's
1: it's four or five (laughs) and I'm not sure it's not like a high number (laughs) I I, I think it's only
0: four four okay next question um, who's the most underrated player on tour
1: I would say at the moment Matthew Pavon played with him recently uh, I've played with him a couple of times now but yeah he's he's right. an impressive golfer
0: Frenchman finished well US Open
1: yeah he's got um, yeah he's got a, yeah. quite quiet quite a quiet guy on tour yeah I like the quiet
0: ones there you go underrated that's why he's underrated <laughs> <laughs> we've got a one career mulligan question if you could go back over your career I have a feeling we might know what the answer is <laughs> from a couple of weeks fairly ago fairly recent but, yeah. fairly
1: recent uh I would love to give that foot another go. Yeah,
0: <laughs> 62 in a major would be worthwhile going back. Uh, it
1: would be either that or I, I would go back to the third round and just chip out on 10 rather than trying to hit like a Carisha onto the green. And I made triple where could have maybe made me make bogey and things might have been different.
0: Mm, um, what about your most embarrassing moment on tour?
1: Uh, most embarrassing moment on tour. Could be some of the stuff I've won. Um, <laughs>
0: Any instances out in the course with? Of...
1: No, I haven't anything embarrassing. I haven't really had anything that. No, actually, I haven't. What had about
0: Finot when he started on the bag? Was there any rights? In... Uh,
1: no, it's just very clumsy. <laughs> but, like nothing that was extremely embarrassing. I can honestly say we've never really. I mean, I don't, I don't get that embarrassed, but I don't think we've done anything <laughs> uh, too spectacularly embarrassing so far. Huh. I mean, I don't know whether it's an unfortunate or a fortunate thing. It would be a great story. Definitely but... fortunate,
0: definitely. <laughs> Um, what's your favourite tour stop?
1: St Andrews, Dunhill. Yeah, done well there before. Uh, I've done well there yeah. before, but I just I think I love the weekend. The um, town. And- yeah, I love the um, mini sliders at the halfway houses, and I love the uh, <laughs> I love the town in general.
0: Best halfway hut on tour. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's With definitely that, the best doubt. halfway hut on tour. Uh, what's your favourite course on the planet?
1: I would say St. Andrews as well
0: Um, for the sliders
1: with or without sliders (laughs) I would say St. Andrews is number one just uh, again there's history to it but I I just think I would love playing it every day I really would
0: okay what's your favourite club
1: in the bag 5wood 5wood
0: old 5wood trusty
1: it's um, an old trusty Nike (laughs) (laughs) 5 there's a lot of old trusty Nike clubs in the bag but that one's very trusty fair okay
0: what's the best swing on tour that's not yours
1: Uh, Rory.
0: Strong answer. And then, the most nervous you've ever been playing in a golf tournament?
1: Uh, Trying to keep my card. Well, either trying to keep my card or playing Wentworth when I had the yips off the tee. Both, like, they were kind of different nerves, but neither (laughs) of them were very nice.
0: Both knee knockers, but... (laughs) well great that's, that's all I got questions wise so thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton Tommy Fleetwood world number 10 thank you
1: thank you a nice new share thank you very much <laughs> thanks for listening to the Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton you can get in touch via Twitter and Instagram at European Tour using the hashtag Life on Tour or on Facebook Subscribe now and if you enjoyed the show, feel free to rate and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts.